Hey, Martin. It's Sunday morning. How yeah. you doing? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm doing. We were up till yeah. what, twelve thirty or one last night? Something like that. Something like that. Playing a lot of DDR and well, you weren't playing DDR. Nope. Though I was you and I other things that I was bad at. You and I did uh, decidedly kill it at the Luigi's Mansion arcade game. That's true. That one we were good at. It's pretty fun, actually. I've never played real Luigi's Mansion, but now I kind of want to. It's a good game. Point. You should do it. But first, I need to finish Deus Ex, and then I need to finish Horizon Zero Dawn, and I need to finish... Uh, I probably won't finish Nier. Oh, Ukulele. That's the other one I'm playing. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that game. Yep. I kind of took a break from <clears throat> Ukulele because uh, Deus Ex, just the idea to play it got stuck in my brain. And I'm loving it, dude. It's great. Fair. It's a great game. But we got some questions today. So uh, I know we said we are going to go back to our previous format of doing a single topic for most episodes. But when we did that for the basically the entire history of this podcast, we did also occasionally do five questions episodes where we would grab five questions from YouTube comments or our Reddit or Twitter or, I don't know, the ether. Yeah. Just something like that. Just somewhere. And answer them rapid fire. So that's what we're going to do today because you got some, what is it, Spanish conversation coming up? Yeah. Yeah, I got a lesson. Nice. Yeah. Is that, uh, you doing that on italki or something else? Yeah, I do it on italki. Cool. I've had the same teacher for a while. Oh, really? You know this, you're still with the same teacher? Yeah. Sweet. Sometimes I take it with a different person to mix it up, but if, if it's too many new people, like, it ends up, the first lesson is always wasted on, like, introductions, which are easy, and you get to practice all the time. Yeah. So that way, one person lets me practice the other stuff. And with the level that you're at, do you guys just speak Spanish the entire time? Oh, yeah, we never speak English. I don't even remember if she speaks... I don't know what to, le- to what level she speaks English. I have no idea. Oh, that's pretty cool. You have a Spanish teacher who I know she doesn't knows really speak but English. We don't, we don't do it. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I did have uh, italki at one point, and I was doing Japanese lessons, and it was, it was pretty helpful. Um, I've realized now that foreign languages are a project that will get in the way of my other projects. That's so. fair. You really got to want to do it because... Yeah. I do remember I was listening to an episode of, I think it was Cortex, and uh, CGP Grey was saying that he has like a not-to-do list, and learn a foreign language is on it, because it's one of those goals that seems really cool to be able to say you did, so it's tempting, but if you're not really passionate about it, it's just going to get in the way of the things that you should be spending your time on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right now I'm actually taking a course in game development. So that's kind of my little independent learning project aside from all the crazy work things that are going on at the moment. Cool. So yeah. Uh, so let's get into these questions. A few of these I know from the, are from the YouTube comments on the video I just put up, including this first one, um, which is, how do I make a habit of listening to audiobooks on Audible? I tried it and I just can't make it a habit. So I the first thing I will say is like this particular podcast episode is not sponsored by Audible, but they were a sponsor on my last video, oh, yeah. which is why this person mentioned it. Um, but regardless of them being a sponsor, I do listen to Audible a lot, and I'm listening to the Steve Jobs book right now. And I like honestly, I think that if you find the right book, you aren't gonna need to work too hard to make it a habit. I like I don't know. Do you even listen to audiobooks very often? I don't 
like audiobooks personally, but okay. that, but I mean, I also don't watch a video. I I really prefer reading. Yeah, you're more physically. of like a hold the book and just experience the text kind of person. Well, yeah, I'll reread the same paragraph like four times to build the imagery if I can't quite get like, what was that facial expression? What was what exactly is the nuance of what they're doing there? So it takes longer. And with an audiobook, I'd have to press like back 10 seconds over and 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 it'd be horrible. That makes sense. Um, and I do, I think I listen to about equal proportions, nonfiction and fiction with audiobooks. Uh, and I've been doing it for years. So I guess it's just something that it's more conducive to me. So I suppose the first answer we can give is it is possible that audiobooks aren't for you because they aren't for Martin. Yeah. But if they are for you, um, I suppose like try nonfiction and try fiction because maybe you will like fiction more. And the other thing that I mentioned to this person on the YouTube comment is if you can make a complimentary habit that allows you some space and time to listen to an audiobook, then you might have an easier time getting through that book you're listening to. So for me, uh, this started back when we were still living in Ames and I would just wake up and I would go for a half an hour walk every single morning. And some mornings I would listen to podcasts, which is how I got into Listen Money Matters in the first place. And then some mornings I would listen to audiobooks. And I remember just really, really enjoying these long walks I'd do through the neighborhood while listening to um, Snow Crash in the Diamond Age by Neil Stevenson. And I think those are still, to this day, the only Neil Stevenson books that I've actually finished. Uh, but they were just, um, like, they're among my favorite books now. Absolutely love them. And I listen to them. And I also used to listen to audiobooks while going to bed. Like, they were how I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. And now that I've got a girlfriend, she doesn't like to listen to things while going to sleep, so I don't. But pretty much every time she's gone at like a conference or with family or something, it's back to doing that. That's just kind of my default uh, way of doing things. Yeah. So yeah, I think that the big thing is, you know, if if it's something you really want to do, try to find a complimentary habit that makes space for it. Or, you know, do it while you're listening or while you're doing laundry or while you're cooking or something like that. Um, I also listen to them in the gym. And I do remember there were like some like armchair coaches in the comments on my video because I <laughs> oh I, I know what comment you're talking about I saw that there was yeah there was one person they were like you're not running correctly and maybe I'm not running correctly I don't know and then another person was like if you listen to audiobooks in the gym you're doing it wrong because you gotta train with intensity and if you're listening to anything other than hardcore music while you lift you're not intensely lifting enough and. I have to cut this person a little bit of slack because freshman year of college, that is exactly what I would have said. Because freshman year of college, I was very interested in building a lot of muscle and making a lot of progress in the gym. And I was like as hardcore as you could get. But I have a bit more of a balanced perspective on it now because now I am not overly concerned with making huge gains, brah. You yeah. Myron. I'm not really concerned with that. I'm concerned with staying healthy, with having versatile strength and just being well-rounded and, you know, not yeah. becoming if a fat slob. If your goals don't require that level of intensity, exactly. then, like, it's, then it's fine. There is always going to be something where you have less focus than, than other things. And right now my focus is on my work and establishing my life in Denver and spending enough time with my girlfriend and my friends. So my gym time, which I don't even really enjoy in the first place, 
it's mainly just like, I want to get in there. I want to do my workout, but I'm going to do it in the way that motivates me. And if I'm more motivated to get down there because I know I can listen to an audiobook at the same time, then that is not doing it wrong. That's doing it right because I'm doing what creates the habit yeah, and what keeps me motivated to do it. So whatever you do when it comes to going to the gym or any other habit, like if you can find a way that keeps you motivated to do it, as long as it isn't actively harming you, that's fine. Maybe you aren't getting the most intensity of every rep, you know? There's probably a lot I could do otherwise when it comes to the gym. I probably don't pause long enough on every single rep. Or I, maybe I don't go down all the way and hang for five seconds on every pull-up, but I'm still doing the pull-ups. So there's always like a battle between pure optimization and what will keep you doing things consistently. Yeah. And you got to figure out like, where are you now? The battle for purity is fought in vain. Yes, exactly. Martin Bamey. <laughs> You're quoting yourself. It sounded like a quote <laughs> when I said it, so I just decided to make it some dumb quote. Yeah. Done. Uh, I'm going to skip around to these questions here because go for it. the second one is probably directed more at me. So I'm going to go down to this one. How should I meditate? There are so many ways to do this, most of which are boring. So what models do you yeah. guys use? Uh, and I know you meditate way more than I do, so. Uh, potentially. I mean, I don't know how much you meditate. But it, Five is minutes a my, day. <laughs> it is part of my morning. And I suppose I could see why you would think meditation is boring. That's fair. I think it's boring. But part of that is kind of, that's almost the point for some people, depending on what your goal is with meditating, is that it's boring. So yep. maybe maybe if you read Deep Work, I don't know if he mentions meditation. But if you go through the, basically the thesis of that book is sometimes being bored is okay because that continues to help you build your ability to focus and not get distracted. Yeah. So maybe if you read deep work, you'd think maybe I should just be bored meditating for 10 minutes. And that's what the benefit is, is that I didn't have to pick up my phone mm -hmm. every 30 seconds. For him, it's that. And it's also what he calls productive meditation, which is just deeply thinking about a problem you're working on. Oh, yeah. And he does it while he's walking to work. Yeah. So he's like not even sitting on a Zafu with incense burning or anything like that. Yeah. So you've got you've got several ways to meditate, and like you just mentioned, there's the the active meditation where you're you're doing something, you're mindfully doing something, you're going for a walk, and you're really just thinking about one problem. Mm -hmm. I do this a lot when I need to solve something or when I have a creative issue. And there's also the cool Zen meditation where you're just kind of focusing on your breath, being still, noticing the positions of the muscles in your body, and things like that, and trying to notice thoughts as, as they come up, but then just let them pass and not mm -hmm. focus on them too much. This is what I do every morning. And right after I get out of the shower, I put on these super dope uh, Thai fisherman pants because they're really comfortable. And then I meditate on a Zafu for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. I don't really know. I kind of just, um, it's usually at a minimum 10, but I kind of, I give myself a half hour window to do that just so that I can do it mindfully because if I'm in a rush to meditate, I kind of defeated the point if I'm yeah. just like sprinting to the Zafu. But so the, the manner in which you sit also, if you can't be comfortable on a Zafu or sitting Lotus or half Lotus or I can't do Lotus and things like that, you don't have to. You can meditate lying down. You can meditate sitting on a regular chair that you might be used to. Mm -hmm. You can get – I have this cool little meditation bench that folds out so that if, um, say, my ankles are sore for some reason, I can pull that out and sit kind of 
it's kind of like you're sitting on your your knees, but it takes all the pressure off your ankles because you're sitting on the bench with your knees and legs going under it. Yeah, which is pretty comfortable. So you don't need to worry about perfection. And do I look enough like a Tibetan Buddhist monk? That doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You can just meditate in whatever way helps. I think it all comes back to what is the point of meditation for you? Yeah. Because it's not the same definition for every single person. For me, it is very deep work-esque. I'm doing it to improve my ability to focus and to embrace boredom. Uh, So for me, I do just sit there, focus on my breath for five minutes, and every time my mind wanders, bring it back to my breath. That's what it's all about. And I, I think the, oh, I think it was episode 31 of this podcast when I talked to Tony Sebelbein from Lyft. Um, that was what his purpose was as well. But maybe your purpose is just to be present, in which case, you know, sometimes I will lay on my floor with headphones on and just listen to an entire album all the way through just because I don't want to be distracted by multiple stimuli. I just want to sit there yeah. and experience one piece of art for the entirety of you know, the duration of the album, and I'll just, like, lay in the dark and do that. Well, mindfully doing something is kind of aggressively single-tasking. You're yeah. very specifically not multitasking in any way mm-hmm. so that you can focus on what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, with something like this, like, just be careful that you're not adopting the methods of somebody else for their reasons. Always ask yourself, what are my reasons for doing this? And does doing it the way that this person does it make sense? in the context of my reasons. Yeah. All right, so next question here. Um, How do I make the most of a conference or networking event? Yes, now you've been to way more of these than I have, so I imagine your wisdom must run deep. I go to a ton of these, and we could potentially do an entire episode on these in the future. Um, The big thing is go to a networking event or a conference with the intention of building real relationships, like friendships. Now, this seems obvious to me because I've been doing it for a long time, but I do remember when I was younger, there was this idea that like you go to a networking event to quote unquote network, whether that be like handing out business cards or finding a job or finding somebody who can do something for you or get you to the next stage. And I went from that to having a more giving mindset with you know, with regards to like, what can I do for other people to something a little bit more holistic now where it's just like, I, I really go to conferences and networking events to meet people and to hang out and to become friends. And it just seems like when I go with that mindset, there is a lot less of like a mental block that goes on when it comes to talking to somebody who seems like more uh, famous than me or like above me or out of my league or whatever. I just think of it as like, we're just humans. And this person does interesting things. I'm going to go talk to them about that. And we might end up becoming friends. And in many cases, that happens. Uh, I just went to a conference. Was it last week or two weeks ago? I think it's coming up on two weeks ago. Yeah, I think so. Uh, That was out in California. It was all for YouTubers. And I didn't really go with any sort of agenda. Like, I knew who was coming. um, And, like, I had just kind of, you know, the thought to meet some of them. But let me contrast this, actually. Uh, And I don't want to say that, like, one way is right and one way is wrong. But my friend Antonio, he went to the conference as well. And he's the one who actually invited me. So shout out to Antonio for actually getting me to go because it was very useful. But he actually had one of his virtual assistants go through the list of every attendee and then create a spreadsheet 
and it had their names, it had their channels, and he sent it out to like this little group of us that were all going to attend. He was like, "Hey, you know, I think it's good to have a plan if you're going to meet when you go to a conference like this." So I put together a spreadsheet. Here it is. If you guys like have specific people you want to meet, you can go write that down. And there's definitely value in that, absolutely. Uh, and I did actually look through the spreadsheet, and I was like, "Yeah, there's some people I do want to meet." But my mindset was less I'm going here to meet specific people because I want to learn specific things or collaborate or do whatever and more. I'm just going to go to this event to meet people in general. And that worked out very well for me because the people that I met who I ended up having the best connections with were people that I wasn't even aware existed. I met these two guys who have like this pretty small YouTube channel that I had never heard of before. And then I ended up like hanging out with them for an entire day watching a bunch of their stuff, which was hilarious. And then they ended up teaching me a bunch of new editing stuff, recommending like a really cool music site that helped me improve my videos. And had I just been laser focused on meeting the people that I already knew about, then I wouldn't have had that opportunity. And there was a ton of other people like that. There was just a ton of people that I ended up having a lot of common interests with, um, or like people that were really fun to hang out with at the trampoline park or people that were just really good to have dinner with. I ended up having a three hour dinner with a few people, one of which I knew and wanted to meet, but another person that I hadn't really ever met before didn't really know what they did, and they ended up being a huge influence on me. So above all, be open to meeting anyone and everyone, not just whoever seems like the best quote unquote person to meet for professional reasons. Um, And then the other thing, again, we could talk about this forever, so I'm just gonna mention one more thing. And this is what I call the Netflix rule. So whenever you go to a conference or networking event, you're going to see people who seem like the center of the room or they seem like they're above you or they're too busy and too professional and uh, too famous or whatever. They wouldn't give you the time of the day. And it can be very intimidating to go up and talk to that person because you feel like I don't have anything to offer this person or they're too busy or there's already a line of people, blah, blah, blah. And you can psych yourself out and not talk to them. So the Netflix rule is just this mental model I use to remind myself that I come home at night sometimes and I sit around in gym shorts and I watch Netflix and I watch like Uncle Grandpa or some stupid show. <laughs> That's a good show. <laughs> in quotes. Goods in quotes. Good morning. And then I remind myself, this famous person is also a human sack of meat who gets tired and just wants to sit on the couch in gym shorts, eating ice cream and watching Netflix sometimes. Yes, they do all sorts of productive, cool things and they make Tesla cars if they're Elon Musk and they meditate for 10 hours or whatever. But at the end of the day, at least on some days, they're just going to laze around and just, you know, be humans. And it just crystallizing that picture of somebody just sitting on the couch in gym shorts watching Netflix, just like I do, really reminds me that this person is not untouchable and I'm not wasting their time by talking to them so I can go talk to them. And it just seems like it's like this tiny thing, but it really did make it easier for me to start going up to people and talking to them, even if I was intimidated by them. And now it's kind of ingrained. So I feel totally okay going up and talking to pretty much anyone. But at first, I think it's good to have a mental model like this because you haven't really built up the skill of going up and introducing yourself and holding a conversation. 
So we'll stop that question there because I could go on forever, <laughs> but yeah. hopefully that was helpful. So we have a couple more. The first one, uh, whenever I see all these productivity people talking about morning routines and stuff they do every single day to be productive, it makes me panic and quit. I don't want to be productive and try to reach my goals every day. I want to at least have one do nothing day per week. So is that okay? I would say absolutely because I don't do anything yeah. on Saturdays on purpose. Yeah. And I don't schedule anything for Sundays other than very spare one-off things. Like my Sundays are not set in stone. Next Sunday might not have a Spanish conversation. Mm -hmm. It's I do productive stuff, but I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, okay, I guess the first thing I'll say is a lot of times when I say like, oh, I meditate every single day or I, I, go, for, I go to the gym every single day, it's every single weekday or maybe like one yeah. weekend day. Uh, and, uh, you know, beyond that, humans need rest. So, again, it's that question of pure optimization versus what versus will build realism. the habit and realism. Uh, and if you value having a do-nothing day, then you are absolutely fine to do that as long as you have an overall trend of progression on your other days. And I think that actually a do-nothing day will often support your productivity and sticking to your habits in the other days. If you're trying to do stuff every single day and you never give yourself a break, then you're likely to burn out. This reminds me of a friend of mine. His name is Sean McCabe. And he has this, basically like this setup with his work where every seventh week, he takes the week off. And he calls week. it like his sabbatical. Yeah. That's cool. And he'll travel somewhere or he'll just you know, be lazy. And he works incredibly hard. I think he probably works seven days a week. He doesn't take a do-nothing day. But for him, the seventh week sabbatical resets everything and prevents him from burning out and just gives him some breathing room and some space to do whatever he wants. Play music a lot of the times for him. So if you want a rest day, then take a rest day. Yeah, go hell, for it. If you want two rest days, then just make sure you're being really, really effective on your other five days. And that's still fine. Yeah. And now this one comes from the Reddit. And while I was looking through there, I saw that the first commenter had mentioned something that I think is really important. And that's you got to be careful about how you're interpreting what all these fancy Internet people, even like Tom and myself, say they're doing on this stuff. Because we're not perfect. We do screw up mm -hmm. all the time. I mean, this this episode we're recording now. We wanted to record it several days ago, but stuff comes up. <laughs> so it's it's not like we're just perfect productivity machines. We make the oh, same yeah. mistakes. It's just that you got to get back up, have have something that works for you, know what your goals are, and go for them. Nobody's perfect. Don't be too intimidated. The Netflix rule applies here too. Yeah. To be completely transparent, it is Sunday morning. Uh, Martin has a Spanish conversation in 20 minutes. Yeah. And then we have to edit this episode and get it out tomorrow morning. Yeah, we didn't plan for that because that <laughs> and, would be a dumb plan. Yeah. So <laughs> and and you know what? We were out until 1 a.m. last night because it was Anna's birthday party and well, we, we were like could have been working, I we guess. We were like half an hour away from our house at a giant arcade. But you know what? That last night was really fun. Yeah, it we was did worth karaoke it. and you were really mad when we were rapping Eminem, an entire half measure offbeat or something. Oh, yeah. That thing, if you're going to have rap karaoke, it cannot be offbeat. What is wrong with that machine? But I do. Uh, yeah. Um, and you know what? That was super fun. And I don't, I don't regret coming home at 1 a.m. 
and then having to wake up at 7 a.m. for podcasting. And I honestly, I didn't get enough sleep. And that happens. Life is never perfect, even for people who make productivity content. So again, we're always just looking for the trend of overall improvement over time. If there's a dip, like you said, Martin, never let there be a second bad day. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, like that. It's I think it's a James a Clear article now that I think about it. Okay. It's don't don't make the second mistake or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's really important. You know what? And if it, if you want to have a, a do nothing day, don't even view that as a mistake. View that as a deliberate no, that's choice. That's on purpose. And then within the within the time that you have beyond that, try to be improving as best as you can. Uh, and then the last question here, what would be your suggestion for deep work that requires collaboration? And we can definitely talk on this, yeah, because we've done it. Uh, so my suggestion, well, this is—I think this is your suggestion more than mine because you're the one who suggested it—is go rent one of those study rooms at your library, and just have you and the person you're collaborating with there, and yeah. have a specific goal that you want to achieve, or maybe a time period, because it can be very easy to screw around. So really, what you're what you're trying to do is you want to avoid a lot of the same things you want to avoid with personal deep work. You want to avoid not having irrelevant things in your environment, whether that be people in the group who don't have anything to do with the current task or TVs and all in the background or whatever. So if you can get into like a specific study room, then uh, you're going to be much more productive. And then a lot of it's going to become uh, independent to the task. Like de- or dependent on the task. So for a lot of the collaborative work we've done, it's been whiteboard planning. Yeah. Because we're planning out like a sequence of emails that we're going to send or the next month's content or something. So we draw that up on the whiteboard. Uh, each of us can see it very well. Each of us can grab a marker and add to it. So think about what tools am I using or are we using and are they conducive to collaborative work? Sometimes you and I will sit in a room on laptops barely talking because we're just collaborating on researching for a video. Yeah. And that works too. But it's always like consider the context, consider what is needed uh, based on the task, and then set the environment up to be conducive to that. Yeah. And I don't think I can emphasize enough how how helpful it is, at least for me, to not have other people around that aren't involved. So if you're if you're in a room and you've got friends and they're just doing something on the other side of the room and you're trying to work, the problem with that is that you now open yourself up to be slightly paying attention to what they're doing for social reasons. This mm-hmm. is the same reason I don't really like open desk environments that much because yeah. like I've always gotten near half listening. Is there a social thing I can say something about? I might know this topic. Is there a stupid joke I can make that will reinforce my bonds with these people? Mm-hmm. Is there an inside joke that friend who's playing video games in the corner might yell out because you said something dumb while you were working on accident? That's completely going to distract you. And, yeah. and maybe you'll just be like, hey, what was that thing we're doing tomorrow? It opens you up for distraction. And social distraction feels good because we want to have social acceptance. Yep. So it's easy to let that in when we shouldn't. I think it might even be worse to have people who are not directly involved in the task around when you're working collaboratively than when you're working alone. Because in both cases, your brain's inhibitory mechanisms are having to work to keep out those distractions. But at least if you're working by yourself, your brain is in the mode of independent work. So Maybe you've got that person playing the video games in the other corner or there's somebody around doing whatever, but you're just like, I'm focused on my laptop, I'm typing, or I'm writing or whatever. 
But when you're working collaboratively, you're in communication mode, which means that you have gotten yourself into a mode of thinking that is much more likely to be disrupted by other people saying things that aren't relevant to the task. Yeah. So it may even be more important for you to set that environment up and to keep anybody who isn't involved out before you start working collaboratively. And then also with collaboration, you've got double the chance for distraction because you have two people. So also be very deliberate about you know, both of you have setting. Focus. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make make sure both people are in the right frame of mind and set the intention for the collaborative work. Um, I don't think it's good to always work collaboratively. I think there needs to be like a, a period of time where you do some collaboration to get to a certain point, And then you're like, all right, once we get here, we're both going to go off. We'll have our own separate tasks and we'll work on them alone. Well, that's usually how uh, group work in school goes, right? Mm -hmm. I remember every group is like, okay, we're going to meet. We're going to divide this somehow in a way that makes sense. Now go do your part. Yep. Because the longer we just sit at the table, half the time is wasted because we're like, yeah, we're just sitting here. We already planned it, but we're not going to do these things here. Exactly. So I don't know why we're guiltily staying at the library. Yeah. And the more people you have, the more important it is for there to be a leader. Yeah. If it's two people, maybe not. But if it's four or five, like there needs to be a project manager who keeps things on task. Because it just, it can derail very easily. So I think that's all we have to say on that question. And that is our last question. Uh, we actually did a half an hour episode. I'm so proud. Look my, at that. I bet my mom's <laughs> proud. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text her right now, mom. We actually cool did it. Yeah, because I think the last, last few episodes have been over an hour. Yeah. So big time fail on that. Uh, so yeah, those are our five questions. We probably will still do these episodes every once in a while. Just being honest, they might just be the ones we do when we're very much in a rush. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they're fun to do anyway because some questions, some yeah. questions we have an answer to. That's that's maybe a helpful answer, but it's not like a half hour worth of debate because yeah. we, we don't want to have to like put a bunch of filler content. I do think if we always try to do half an hour, hour episodes or whatever, then we might uh, disqualify some questions that don't seem like we would have a half an hour's worth of content. Yeah. But they do deserve answering, so... This format is definitely good for that. I think we used to do it once a month. I I don't know. If we'll commit to a schedule, like that probably. but we'll do them in uh, in between, you know, batches of single topic episodes. So if you've got questions, um, we pull them from everywhere. So you can put them in the comments of my YouTube videos. You can comment on the show notes for this episode, which you can find over at cigpodcast.com slash 160. Uh, or you can tweet them to me over at Tom Frankly on Twitter. Martin's on Twitter as well. Uh, MPV Bamey. Yeah, B O E H M E. Yeah. For those of you who wouldn't rightfully know how to spell my name, because it's, I don't know why it's pronounced that way, honestly. Well, yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, isn't it? Isn't it traditionally like Burma? It's like Burma. It's like it's With German. An umlaut but, over but something. For some reason, that like sound that? becomes a in American English. I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, English is weird. I'll ask my ancestors. Is it a bilabial fricative? Uh, no. <laughs> We're good. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, you can go over to iTunes and leave it a rating and review if you want to support it. That definitely helps us out. It bumps the show up the rankings and shows it to more people and helps it grow. So it's a great way to support it, and uh, we highly appreciate it if you do that. Otherwise, you can find our favorite resources, including apps, uh, tools for making your student life better, books that we recommend, and a whole like dorm-packing college guide for people who are moving back to college soon all of that is over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources so check it out 
And that is all we've got for you. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.